Hey everybody, welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about stuff people leave behind. From exploring your mind, when should we leave something behind? It may seem like an obvious question, but it's really not. That's why we're going to look further into it. In fact, it's likely that right this second, a lot of us are nurturing hopes and projects that don't deserve our time and energy. Now, this is barely related to the topic, but the two points they make are the power of false expectations and the emotional cost. And we don't set the boundaries and we open our hearts without reading the instruction manual. Now, that's barely what I have to talk about, but I think it's kind of funny that that is tangentially about what I'm talking about. But really, I'm going to talk about what's going on in the mindset of people who need to clean their desk. And from the Harvard Business Review, the case for finally cleaning your desk. The physical environment of the workplace has a significant effect on the way we work. When our space is a mess, so are we. That is certainly true from a simple logistical perspective. We lose precious work minutes every time we go searching for a lost paper on a cluttered desk. The same is true for those of us who have succeeded in becoming paperless at work. One international survey showed that information workers lose up to two hours a week fruitlessly searching for lost digital documents. But clutter can also affect us in more indirect ways. The author's research and that of others has shown that our physical environments significantly influence our cognition, emotions, and behavior, affecting our decision-making and relationships with others. Cluttered spaces can have negative effects on our stress and anxiety levels, as well as our ability to focus, our eating choices, and even our sleep. Much of the research and much of the public enthusiasm around tidiness and clutter is currently focused on the home. But with workplace stress costing American business up to $190 billion every year in healthcare costs alone, it's time to recognize the role that clutter plays in our work lives and to do something to clean up the mess. There's so much to be said about this, but one of the solutions they offer is that regularly tidying the workplace rather than letting things accumulate is the tried and true way of keeping clutter at bay. Avoid letting things get so bad that you start cleaning as a form of procrastination. If you work at home, maintaining a designated workspace can help create a boundary between work items and home items. For teams and organizations, Establish regular spring cleaning days with pizza can create social interaction and support around a task most people don't enjoy, Marie Kondo aside. Consider instituting a clean desk policy to govern the tidiness of shared workspaces. Work with your IT team to provide support for employees in the form of tools to manage online documents as well as clarity as what should be kept and what can be discarded.
In doing so, organizations need to strike a balance between practical and security considerations and keep in mind employees' need for self-identity and autonomy. And they say, in conclusion, that keeping in mind clutter isn't always bad. One study has showed that messy desks can make us more creative. The findings suggest that neat, ordered environments make us more likely to conform to expectations and play it safe, while messy ones move us to break with the norm and look at things in a new way. So while a totally pristine desk might signal a lack of creativity, a very messy one may send unfavorable messages about your work ethic and personality. Keep things on hand that are needed for current projects, but resist the temptation to hoard. And those are a few of the points, but let me tell you. From theconversation.com, our workplaces are filthy and it's costing us all. The typical office desk is home to over 10 million bacteria, 400 times more than a toilet seat. Other studies have revealed people don't wash their hands and surfaces from taps to elevator buttons are officially dirty. Hear, hear! Beyond the health concerns, this has an impact on our psyche. Humans have an inbuilt disgust response to dirty environments. A clean workplace has also been shown to reduce sick days and increase productivity. People attending work while sick adds to the spread of disease and costs the Australian economy about $34.1 billion each year through lost productivity. The cost of absenteeism in Australia is estimated at $7 billion a year. We are not as clean as we might think. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, boy oh boy, is that an understatement. American researchers conducting a 13-month study found 4,800 surfaces in office buildings were officially dirty. Taps, microwaves, computer keyboards, and fridge doors were the dirtiest surfaces. This is especially of concern given the rise of open plan and shared desk workplaces. Workers in open plan spaces have a 62% higher incidence of sickness absence rather than those in private or shared cellular offices. Etiquette in shared desk workplaces requires employees to clean down their workstation and equipment when they finish using it. However, less than half of employees comply. The author states that they once worked with a colleague who refused to touch any surface in a public toilet and would use gloves or paper towels to avoid doing so. Another colleague was so troubled by the toilet roll dispenser that he kept his own supply of toilet paper in his office. This is understandable given the research has shown that under certain conditions we all behave like pigs. Both our environment and social norms influence our behavior. In one famous study, for instance, even people who said they wouldn't litter were more likely to do so when the environment was already dirty or others were littering. If workplaces are already dirty, it makes sense that no one empties the dishwasher. We feel that it is not our responsibility as we follow the norm and behave in ways we normally wouldn't. Boy, oh boy, talk about a mob mentality. One study of 43,021 respondents from 351 office buildings 
found that cleanliness was be correlated with employee satisfaction. I don't know how much that makes sense. In two laboratory and field experiments, offices that were seen to be in proper order and had a pleasing appearance had positive outcomes for trust in the organization and for learning. On top of all this, you have the health impacts of unhygienic workspaces. Viruses can survive for hours or even months on surfaces like phones and computer equipment. In another study on the effects of a controlled increase in cleaning quality, researchers found that a cleaner office resulted in a 12.5% decrease in sick days and reported increases in productivity. From years and years of personal experience, I can tell you that I was in sort of an informal partnership with our facilities manager and our IT guy. And we talked about what people did when they left their workplaces. And when they quit, we would have a joke session where they would show up at my desk with a giant Ziploc bag full of the things that people left behind. And we would have Ziploc bags filled with packet upon packet of condiments that they would get from fast food restaurants. Appropriated K-cups or other types of packets of instant coffee mix. Monitors grew under desks like mushrooms. There would be tangles of cables and cords, ostensibly to prevent anyone from appropriating their monitors or computers, and keyboards and peripherals, obsolete peripherals, sleeves of beverage cups and utensils that were never, ever going to be used. We wondered why people would do this when they wouldn't clean up after themselves in common areas. Break rooms, restrooms, phone rooms, meeting rooms, elevator lobbies. People would make spills. They wouldn't clean up. People would make messes on copiers and printer units that they wouldn't clean up. People would make messes using microwaves that they wouldn't clean up. So what can we do about it? The article goes back to saying not all communicable infections have vaccines, so overcoming the problem of dirty workspaces requires a bit of ingenuity. Hand hygiene has been shown to be one of the most effective means of reducing the transmission of germs. In year-long random controlled trials, workspace hygiene programs that included education and the use of hand sanitizers reduced hygiene-related health care claims by over 20%. Many organizations have implemented sanitation stations in open plan and hot desking environments to encourage employees to wipe down the desk, computer equipment, and phone when they have finished using them for the day. However, a study has shown that less than half of employees use them. I had, on a, on a regular basis, purchased Windex and uh, chlorine-based cleaners and uh, regularly would buy Purell and attempt to hand it out to my coworkers. And I would get cases and cases of Purell and walk around an office of over 150 people. And there would be some people who would see me and they would be so eager and happy and grab and they would ask if they could take two. And I would be more than happy to give them two 
12 ounce or 16 ounce bottles of Purell. And they loved using it. And other people just scoffed and they waved me away and they dismissed it. And I was kind of icked out by all of this because they were gross. I would be regularly surrounded by irate colleagues and peers who wanted to shame their co-workers because of the condition they left the restrooms in. Ladies, you have so much more to be complained about than the men. But boys, you are filthy. Girls, you are filthy. Clean up after yourselves. Wash your hands. You make people like me use our elbows to touch the elevator buttons and have somebody else swipe the door. And again, I would push my way in a a door that opened and do whatever I could to avoid having direct hand contact to these surfaces because people pick their noses. It's disgusting. It's unbelievable. The other night I went out after 9 p.m. and I saw a woman who had her pinky up to the third knuckle in her nose, sitting behind the wheel of her car. And I can imagine how she took care of that. Some people are just gross. So the article goes on to say, Research found that hot desking environments can lead to employees feeling indifferent to their coworkers and less committed to the organization. Some research has suggested that creating ownership can lead to increased responsibility and to people doing the right thing. This might include team ownership of different aspects of the work environment, such as schedules for cleaning the kitchen. Ha! I would clean out the refrigerator every Friday. I put notices on the refrigerator door. People would come back from lunch And somehow, I have assumed over the course of time, they believed that putting half of a salad or a sandwich in the refrigerator would make the rest of it grow back or it would stay for some sort of perpetuity in some sort of stasis as opposed to rot and stink and make a cluttered, smelly, sticky refrigerator that I would have to clean out. And then people would become irate at noon on Friday when they opened the refrigerator to find food that they left there the last week or Monday had been taken out and thrown away. Well, what do you expect? Do you think this is going to stay there forever? It's not. It rots. And we can only assume you are filthy because you are. But we all are. So the article concludes by saying, while employees should be encouraged to stay home while sick, and the use of hygiene programs can have a positive impact, the uptake of these initiatives continues to prove challenging for employers. Folks, it's as simple as this. Wash your hands thoroughly. Use Purell regularly. Don't be such filthy pigs. Be clean. Try your hardest to clean up. It's worth it. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kiddies say, peace out.